Breaking news as of a few seconds ago. I had to restart the podcast because Adai Mara is expected to be cleared for the UCLA opener. Good news. Bear K, we'll find out. Listen to this on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making the show your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, subscribe, become an everydayer, because we've got content just about every day of the week talking UCLA football and basketball on this big episode, which is brought to you by the likes of Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Now the big news. Heading into the Monday game against St. Francis, it was a wonder if one Adai Mara and or Barricade Bullion Tungel would be available based on clearance from the NCAA to play that first game or two for UCLA. Now I'm not entirely convinced that they would need either of those two players for the Bruins to win those games. Still, you want as many games, as many opportunities for these international freshmen, these superstars, to come in and get an opportunity to gel with the team as a whole. So this is according to Bro Report. That was just recently put out in the social media verse, posted all those things. They always do great work over there. And right as I was recording, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's some big news. I know UCLA, Arizona, some big stuff happening this weekend, which can mean a lot for both teams. Yeah, we want to see the 7-3 Spaniard on the court, and it looks like that he might actually be cleared to play. That's heading, according to Bro Report and their sources, that he is going to be cleared to play. Berke, not clear at the moment at the recording of this podcast, but it's looking like he might be on track to possibly play alongside a die in game one. More looking positive at the moment for Mara. Remember, the weird situation was at Agosta. Both players coming more direct internationally. They had a longer process to get into UCLA and thus a much longer process with the NCAA as a whole to come in and be able to play initially in game one. Remember, Adem Bona didn't play game one a year ago. Still won Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. It's not going to affect postseason awards. But still, we want to see this team play. We want to see them play as many games as possible and get the kinks out and make sure, hey, this team is as successful as it can be when they head to Honolulu and you play in the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, when you play these non-conference games, get these guys conditioned to play a full game and ready to go. And most importantly, all of us as a UCLA community, the entire national college basketball landscape, national, scratch that, global now college basketball landscape, the fans, right? The NBA has gone global. College basketball is basically on the verge of doing the same thing with March Madness probably going to break lots of viewership records, if all these teams with international players go deeper, there's going to be so much viewership from across the world. Point. Put that to the side. UCLA looks like Mar might actually play game one. Weren't so convinced when Cronin wasn't fully convinced they play in the exhibition or that the clearances would happen. But according to Bro Report, again, it's looking likely Mara will play game one, which is a good thing because we want to see what Mara that somewhat not mystery recruit, but what we think the 7-3 Spaniard's going to be able to do. And then we want to see Berke come out and be a baller too. He is not, according to what I've read from Row Report, officially cleared, according to the recording of this podcast, but is on track to do so by game one. That's huge for UCLA. Now the injury status of Bona and Dylan Andrews 
I'm not sure where those two guys lie. We're probably expecting them to play based on a cautious approach by Mick Cronin in staffing game one. Yet I wouldn't be surprised if none of them play, and I wouldn't be surprised if all of them play. Mars looking likely. I think they've been very cautious with Bona in his slow buildup into the recovery from the shoulder injury and surgery. Andrews, they've been a little slow, and after max performance in the exhibition uh, against Cal State Dominguez Hills, you wonder, you know, we can live with Mac and V-Day in these first couple of games and get them some significant minutes, even though this is supposed to be Andrews' team and offense that he runs, taking over for Tiger Campbell. Heck, if you were watching a different college basketball podcast, I believe what it was, Jeff Goodman or whoever, right, talking about UCLA, he thought UCLA wasn't even going to make the tournament. That, that's the bold take. The bold take isn't that they're 25 or left out. That We've seen wild takes that UCLA is not even going to make the NCAA tournament and make March Madness prior to the season. I know it doesn't say this on the rundown, but now I'm just excited, energized, and angry. I, I just saw that today. They're, they're not going to make the tournament. They're missing Jaime Hawkins, Tiger Campbell, uh, Amari Bailey, Singleton, Jalen Clark, a super five of guys that are incredible glue guys, glue guys and extreme talents from a year ago outside of a Dembona, who easily were the five best outside of Bona players on the team for various reasons in their respective roles. Now, the more these freshmen get to play, the seven freshmen, the, the, the eighth newcomer, and Lazarus Stefanovic, they become a unit. This team is going to be extremely, extremely dangerous coming up in years to come for this team, or at least in this season, in months to come, I should say, with lots of big games, national television, all that, having eyes on the Bruins, despite a lot of doubts. I, We all should be respectfully in- inquisitive about this team. Not doubtful. We can't have too much expectation, but we can be reserved with an optimistic outlook. That is where I'm at, right? I can't come out here and say, they're going to win the national tournament. They're going to win in March Madness and go on a big run. I can't say that right now. That That is a stupid statement for me to say. But I also think it's slightly ridiculous. In a sense, it's bold, very, very bold, and I disagree a lot with the idea and the notion that UCLA wouldn't make the tournaments. I think Mick Cronin's too good of a coach, and this team is too talented for the Bruins not to make the tournaments in the 2024 NCAA tournament in March Madness, right? I just don't think that's where we're headed. That's not where I think this team is going. Now can they win the Pac-12, Pac-12 tournament, go deep? Those are different things. Those are different questions. And we really want to see a Diamara play with the team. I want to so badly see how the Bruins do it. Absolutely. I want to see how UCLA does it. Now, we just have to wait, which is why it's so exciting. Mara is apparently on track, according to Broaport, to be in game one. And probably Berke as well. Not as confirmed. And then Andrews and Bona on the road to recovery and hopefully playing game one. We could see a full roster that, without four starters, thrashed Cal State Dominguez Hills, played McCronin defense, the hustle bone and the deflections all there, Three-point shooting, better than I thought. And we can't wait to get the bigs out there to dominate the glass even more. Easier points in the paint. And just fluster opponents with the ridiculous wingspan, athleticism, and hopefully speed and tenacity that McCrona requires to be a starter and a key contributor for this team. Which will be frustrating at times, but I think it's not as, it's not as likely that they don't make the tournament. So again, Mara, 
looking good. Berke on his way there. Tournament, lack thereof. Wild debate. We're going to have this talk all season long. We can't wait for basketball season to start because we're in the month of November. Whenever feast week comes, we've already been feasting since the summer when all these guys got signed. When the rest of the guys are going to the NBA draft, feast it up, baby. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. Coming up next, we're talking keys to the game. It was supposed to be the first segment, but I got so excited, saw the news, and this is how we just pivot. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Yeah? You got the joke? No? Okay. All right. Let's rock and roll. Keys to the game for UCLA versus Arizona. And I always got to predict what's going to happen in this game. With the UCLA football schedule, we're going to talk about all that coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Now that you've heard the news that Adai Mara may be better kid William Tunjo and the rest of the Bruins might be playing, doesn't that get you a little more excited for the opener? I know in Poly Pavilion it was a little empty when it came to filling seats up for the exhibition. But game one, for one of the nation's longest active home winning streaks, you should pack it out. Because Adai Mara himself and the rest of the Bruins are exciting to go see in person, which is why game time is the place to do it. You need last-second tickets. They find ways to help you save on money and give you the ultimate complete peace of mind with your purchase. Because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event. UCLA, men's home opener against St. Fred. Let's go. Get the job done. And they've got the fast and easiest way with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and views from your seat. And Lord knows when you're looking to find seats in a basketball arena, you want to know where you're sitting. Poly Pavilion's beautiful, but they can help you out, get the right seat if you're getting in the door at the last minute for what will be a beautiful season in Westwood. All you got to do is take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app, create an account, Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account, redeem the code, Locked On College, L-O-C-K-E-D-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, Locked On College for $20 off. Download game time today, right now. Don't waste any time. Last-minute tickets. Last-minute tickets. Bruins in the home opener. Check it out. Game time. Lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cruising on to the second segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, normally on our Friday episodes is in the football weeks, we talk about keys to the game in the first segment. Well, with basketball news and some energy, I I went a little crazy and jumped all over everything about how basketball, yada, 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 and everything in between. So we talk keys to the game for UCLA versus Arizona. As per usual, we've got the cool Friday graphics. Let's take a look at those UCLA fans. Let's rock and roll. This is the key to victory, keys to victory against Arizona. I've already talked about this Thursday. You're going to see this, and you're going to think, Zach, you're kind of dumb. You're kind of dumb. It looks very simple, very similar to many other keys that UCLA's needed to win games. This week, I'm fairly confident that for this game, UCLA needs to be very clean and play this game without any mistakes. Number one, turnover-free football. 
Zach, are you getting lazy and forgetting to update the graphic other than changing the name to Arizona? Zach, do you know anything about football because you put the same three things every freaking week? I do. A little bit. Hopefully. And maybe with a little bit of entertainment. But most importantly, look at that graphic again. Turnover-free football. Goodness gracious, you're not going to win a game ever again in the Chip Kelly era if you turn it over four times and the opponent doesn't turn it over once. I, I don't think UCLA is ever going to do that again in my lifetime where they turn it over four times and don't force at least a single turnover, let alone lose the turnover battle that badly. In the Chip Kelly era where they, force turno they don't force turnovers and they lose, it's repeatedly a team that does not find ways to win games despite not having, uh, having lots of points generated in the Chip Kelly offense when they turn it over, they don't win those games. They generally don't. So the Colorado game is more of an outlier because of the defense's dominance, and Colorado just fired their offensive coordinator. So that's what UCLA was going against. Arizona, they're not going in the same direction. They're going the opposite direction. Both teams started Colorado this way, Arizona. Not this, not going down, but they just weren't thought of as highly, especially for me. And all of a sudden, Delora goes down. They competed. The defense has improved significantly, like UCLA's defense. And Noah Fafita has stepped up, and they have competed in games that they probably could have and should have won on the road, and UCLA's in a tough atmosphere. So turning it over once, twice in this game could be absolutely disastrous. For an Arizona team that, one, doesn't commit a lot of penalties, that doesn't turn it over as much as UCLA's done this year, a team that forces a lot of turnovers defensively, the Bruins do, and still their turnover margin is so slim because they keep coughing it up. It's ridiculous. It's bonkers. But you do this on the road, you're going to lose. That's just how it is. Number two, stop the run. Don't let Arizona run the football. Make Fafita beat you, which he almost basically did against Washington State despite not throwing for a touchdown, 340 yards. But you have to stop the run. Not that UCLA can't do it. Not that they're not capable of doing it. They absolutely are. But if Arizona can run the football, if they have a mix-and-match offensive scheme, if they can mash it up like Oregon State did in a home game for them in front of a packed house, that's all it took with a couple of UCLA mistakes baked in for Oregon State to win that game. It wasn't truly spectacular what Oregon State did against the Bruins in that last loss in Corvallis. And I know I've been a big defender of Dante Moore, but we've seen more mistakes happen from all sorts of sides from the UCLA offense or mistakes on the defense, on the special team side, when it comes to stopping the run, the Bruins have to force Fafita to beat them. He is a redshirt freshman, and he has played spectacularly. And could easily steal Delora's job based on circumstance and opportunity, and that's just how it happens sometimes, right? Think about how Caleb Williams jumped through the stratosphere, took over for Rattler in the middle of the game, and the legend of Caleb Williams was born. I know we don't want to talk about Crosstown, but still, that's how quickly it happens, right? For Dante Moore, it wasn't, he didn't start the year as the starter, took the job, and then Garbers took it back. You just don't know how the season plays out. Fafita has played well. But if you limit his success, the team's success running the football, then the Bruins will be successful into winning this game. And I think they can be successful in stopping the run, which can limit what Fafita is going to do. If, if the run game's helping him out, play action, he's just going to beat you deep. That's just what's going to happen. You stop the run. You force some pressure, second and long, third and long. Lots who gets in the backfield. That leads us to key number three, 
QB pressure. Because if you stop the run, you stop the run, it can easily lead you into QB pressure. You see Stan Michael Sturdivant, if you're watching on YouTube, points in the number one. Yeah, you'll be number one in the country when it comes to sacks. If you keep dominating like Latu's been doing, if you keep finding ways to get in the backfield, he, he'll climb up that NFL mock draft. He's not going to be the number one pick overall, but this could be a good game for UCLA to dial up pressure even more so. You stop the run that leads to QB pressure, and UCLA can find a way to stop an Arizona offense that's been clicking mostly in all cylinders outside of a couple of Fafita picks. He, he's been doing a good job. Stop the run, QB pressure, and you might get the young quarterback into some mistakes that he just hasn't had in recent weeks, all against ranked opponents. I think I was reading the Ben Bolch article. He could be the first quarterback in modern history with data that only goes to 2012 to make his first five starts all against ranked opponents. Something ridiculously unheard of, right? Between SC, Washington, not in that order, SC, Washington, Oregon State, Washington State, everything, right? And then, what, UCLA at home is going to phase him? No, I know the Bruins are scary and the defense is scary, but he has faced the biggest and the best already, and UCLA is just the next in his line. So if you get in the face and act like you're the biggest, the best, and the baddest, that will find a way, and UCLA could find a way to get the job done. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the likes of what are my predictions? Will you hate me? Will you love me? I've picked the Bruins to win every single time. They're favored in this game. Every game this year, I picked the Bruins. Big time homer. We'll talk about that next. And the UCLA schedule has official weeks put on to it. Where are we going? Where do I want to go watch the Bruins next year on the road? And when are the home games? When's the bye? We'll talk about that next on Locked on UCLA. If you're looking for fast, exciting, easy ways to play daily fantasy sports, Prize Picks is right there for you because instead of battling Thousands of other players, pros, sharks, everything, and animals, supercomputers, whatever it is, all you're doing more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch the winnings roll in. Now, with prize picks, with basketball season here, you can have a combo projection in the specials league. If you think you're one of these specials to be in the specials league, you can have a combo projection from different sports, different leagues, like a LeBron James and a Travis Kelsey combination. I'm not sure if Taylor Swift's on there, but simply choosing between the combination of 10.5 on three-pointers made in receptions could be a good combination between LeBron James and Travis Kelsey. I know LeBron's a little slow on the threes nowadays. Still, you get a good good projection, more or less. You can combine two games and have your sports weekend just be absolutely awesome. You can play against the favorite players of prize picks like the rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz under community plays. And injury insurance that reboots if your player gets hurt in the first half or exits the game with an injury and doesn't return, the player's rebooted, and the only daily sports platform with injury insurance policies, prize picks. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege. Use the code lockedoncollege for a deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com, locked on college. Pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Deposit match up to $100 with the code locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Cruising on in the final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson Yaks, I'm with you guys. The Bruins are looking for ways to go make the football schedule exciting, right? Well, no, they just joined the Big Ten. And now here we are enjoying the likes of the Big Ten schedule. It was released, I think, later on the Thursday, November 2nd as to what 
weeks and days. They might get shifted to a Friday, so bear with me here. But for now, these are the tentative days, but the specific weeks that the UCLA games in their Big Ten schedule are. Now remember, UCLA already shifted their home game against Fresno State to the end of the year, November 30th in 2024, which left the door open for a very early season Big Ten matchup at home to start off the Big Ten schedule. All right, here's your 2024 UCLA football schedule, and I'll tell you my prediction after all that. UCLA, August 31st at Hawaii. Now, I've got friends who they might get in trouble if they went to Hawaii without their wives, without the rest of their family. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you're going to build it up and go to the smaller Hawaii complex. Again, they're not playing at the Aloha Stadium. It's not, it's not usable at the moment, but still a trip to Honolulu. End of August, picture perfect weather. That's a good way to start the 2024 season off, hopefully with the bang for UCLA with the win. The Big Ten home opener, the Big Ten opener is September 14th for UCLA against Indiana. Now, it's not eye-popping. Hopefully, it's a winning game for UCLA. It should be against the Hoosiers at home, I would think. Just thinking paper or everything. Not even Michael Pettix Jr. from two years ago probably could save that Indiana team that was good during 2020 or three years ago. Still, that is who UCLA gets in their Big Ten opener after a week off going to Hawaii. Then the next week, absolutely outstanding matchup at LSU against Brian Kelly and the Tigers. Already in the first couple of weeks, you've got Hawaii trip, LSU trip. We've already known this for a while. Still spectacular trips. Then after the LSU trip, you're playing Pac-12. Excuse me. Excuse me. Big Ten Conference rival, Oregon at home, September 28th. Okay, cool. That's your fourth game of the season. October 5th, another bucket list item, at least for me as a college football fan. I know different people might have different ideas or thoughts about Penn State as a program, everything that's gone on, for better or for worse. But going to Penn State and seeing a game at Penn State, October 5th is a rowdy, crazy atmosphere. I hope it's a whiteout. If they have their whiteouts, it's all white, the pom-poms, everything shaking. A crazy atmosphere, October 5th. So your three road games are at Hawaii. Atmosphere is more the beach and enjoying the game. LSU, it's the atmosphere and the tailgating experience. And then Penn State, it's just one of the craziest atmospheres you can get in an introduction to your Big Ten road opener. So you start with two Big Ten home games, and then your first road game of the Big Ten is at Penn State after you've gone to LSU. Already a ridiculous schedule. Then Minnesota and Rutgers, the 12th and 19th of October. It could be debatable how cold it'll be in, in Rutgers in the middle, late part of October in 2024. Cross-country trip. We've been talking about having to go from L.A. to New Jersey, all that stuff. They get to go to Rutgers. We knew that. A bye, and then you go to Nebraska in early November. Now, it's not like that matchup when the two teams played almost a decade ago in a home-and-home series that was very entertaining that led to two UCLA exciting wins. Going in November is a little bit of a different shore for UCLA heading to Lincoln. That should be exciting, another longer trip, but a bye in between the Rutgers game, and it's the only back-to-back road games the Bruins have all season. You then get Iowa at home. I was debating with my friend. That's a big-time home game, and I said, with what offense? Although they did fire their offensive coordinator or – basically firing, and we'll see what Iowa looks next year. That's a later season home game. Then you go to Washington November 16th. Underrated road atmosphere. So between 
your six road games, Hawaii, LSU, Penn State, Rutgers, Nebraska, Washington, five of them I would think are extremely awesome for one reason or another. Most of you, maybe if you've gone on road trips in the Pac-12, Pac-10, older days of UCLA fans, then Washington's already been crossed off the bucket list. Still, a mid-November tilt against the Huskies, who are exciting this year with Michael Penix Jr., who will not be back next year, could be on the bucket list as well. And if your worst, worst game is Rutgers on the road, that's not the worst thing in the world, right? It was already going to be at the bottom of the list. Still, all those, extremely fun. You've got SC the 23rd at home, and then you got Fresno State at home to end the season, who in the 12-team expanded playoff could be playing for something extremely big December 7th, the Big Ten football championship against in, in Indianapolis. Not against Indianapolis, but in Indianapolis. So again, November 30th is important because, one, I want to shut up all my Fresno State fans. I'm tired of hearing nonsense. Go beat them down after you hopefully beat USC down. And then all the road games are spectacular. Here's the bucket list. Here's where I want to go to. LSU and Penn State. That's 1A, 1B. Initially, it was our LSU game. That's awesome. But wait a minute. UCLA is going to the Big Ten. They got Penn State after the rescheduled, revised Big Ten schedule. LSU, Penn State together. Now, my pops and I, we might be going to LSU and to Penn State. We'll see how crazy. We'll, we'll see if the podcast is big enough to even get us there to both games. Still, those are the two. Nebraska, equally as awesome. I know that's been a little more recent for UCLA fans' memories, but still, Nebraska, Awesome. Washington, supposed to be extremely awesome. And then Hawaii, awesome for a whole other reason. I'm not a big fan of their football complex because it's small, the atmosphere is whatever. If you're going to go for a beach trip at a football game and a UCLA fan, I would suggest it. I've been to Hawaii recently, so I would not, not recently, recently, but within the year, I wouldn't do it in terms of me personally, but I would suggest the rest of you guys to go. In terms of college football atmospheres, it would go LSU, Penn State together, Nebraska, a close third, mostly because the Bruins went there recently. I didn't get to go, but that would be third. I'd want to go to that one. Washington, conference member, and that would be fun going to Seattle. Fifth, Hawaii. Some people might have their priorities different in terms of weather and the enjoyment of a longer vacation. I wouldn't argue with you there. And then Rutgers. Those are the road games of where I'd want to go to for non-conference and then conference play and then former and now current rivals. Of course, the SE game will be, be big. The Oregon game will be fun. Bo Nix won't be there. Probably no Caleb Williams unless something crazy happens. And then I want them to beat the crap out of Fresno State. Make it happen, Bruins fans. That's your 2024 UCLA football schedule. A Friday or two might be baked in there. I'm not sure. And your Big Ten opener is September 14th against Indiana. The big Hoosiers coming into town. Not basketball. Football. Football. To wrap up the show, this is where we're going to go. As I say before, I've picked UCLA in every game this season in 2023. The Bruins are slight favorites from when I've last checked to play Arizona on the road. What's supposed to be a crazy homecoming weekend. I will always remain a big-time UCLA fan. I say these words with a lot of emotion, a lot of intent behind them. This is my prediction of the game this weekend. Boom. Arizona 24, UCLA 21. I'll pause. I'll pause. I hear your, your keyboard warrior fingers typing. I hear you. 
Okay, let me, let me take myself off. Here we go. Now, you can look at me in the face if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to my voice at home and you're going to go tweet at me or something, X, whatever it's called. You're mad. Again, I'll put that the, the scoreboard up. Arizona 24, UCLA 21. I'll pause. Get your comments in. I'll look. You can look at me in the eyes. Tell me how dumb and irresponsible the pick is. But I think it's also irresponsible to think I can go through a whole season and choose UCLA to win every game. This is a game that's very tough. A team that hasn't proven to win the big game of the road at Utah, at Oregon State. The difference is this is Garber starting. Schley will probably play a role and a factor in this. The defense, probably without having their backs against the wall the whole game, can probably thrive in a close game on the road where they're not down a score before they even take the field or have to face a pick on the first drive or a pick six. Those are all valid points. Fafita, a young quarterback that's yet to see a defense probably, as some might say, of UCLA's caliber this year. All valid points. But something in, within me says, one, Arizona's going to win this game to closer one, a, slow, a smaller scoring game. As my father and I always joke, the bet against UCLA rule. What is that? It's better to be wrong with the prediction and have the Bruins win than have it the other way. That's what I'm going to leave you guys with. But, again, Arizona 24, UCLA 21 is my prediction. I do not hate UCLA. I am not an anti-Bruin, despite picking against them once in this 2023 season. They got to win the first big road game before the next big one. Do that now, and everything continues to go. I believe they can win this game. They absolutely can. Now go do it. Go do it, Bruins. Hands up, Bruins fans. A clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. This has been locked on UCLA. Zach signing off. If you still like me, maybe like the show. If not, then comment and say whatever. Go Bruins. Beat the Cats, baby. Get revenge. Knock off Jedfish in Arizona because they need a. Revenge for 2022. Go Bruins, baby. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.